This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. As the Biden administration digs into their very heavy lifting, there are a variety of business sectors that are watching closely as to the path they will take. The expectation was that at some point we will see a higher level of regulation, and that could be some bad news. Fintech is one of those sectors that is closely watching what is going on. David Zaring, professor of legal studies and business ethics at the Wharton School, he's part of a discussion panel about what fintech may be looking at in the near future. David, great to talk to you again. Hope you're doing well. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So overall, when you think about fintech and the impact that the Biden administration could have, what focus points are you looking at? Well, one question is, is the Biden administration going to adopt the fintech charter that um, it might adopt? Uh, The Obama administration tried to develop a special charter which would let financial technology firms uh, get some of the benefits that banks uh, get when they obtain a banking charter. Um, And uh, the Trump administration announced that they were ready to accept applications for these kinds of special fintech charters. And ever since, there's been a lot of lawsuits, a number of lawsuits anyway, over whether um, uh, the government, the national government, has the legal power to give special charters to fintechs if they can treat fintechs like banks. Um, And that's come to a head. Uh, The government lost a round in trial court, and and there's going to be an appeal uh, argued on Tuesday. And so one question is, you know, is the Biden administration going to take a different approach than the Trump administration did to these, uh, you know, new entrants into financial services. And, and is it safe to say that th- this concern over higher levels of regulation is, is definitely a possibility uh, moving forward here? I think it's possible. Uh, it looks to me so far the um, uh, Biden administration hasn't changed. It's, you know, it, it hasn't been in power for very long, but it hasn't changed its approach. It's still it's still going to argue this appeal. Um, and really, the question is, you know, do we want financial technology firms to be regulated at the state level, uh, which might be a different set of regulations, a lot of consumer protection concerns, some interest rate limitations on what a fintech could charge for a loan or something like that? Uh, or do we want it to be regulated at the national level, which has some appeal to um, companies doing business on the Internet because, of course, the Internet doesn't know state borders. Um, but uh, there, too, the, the question is, you know, will the federal government be as worried about protecting consumers uh, as um, as the states can be? Um, or does the federal government just have more capacity to regulate these kinds of firms than, than states do? And that's sort of a big federalism question. It comes up in a few different areas, but definitely it's something that fintechs have to think about. Um, when they're thinking about, you know, the future of regulation of their industry. Right. And there are certainly lots of areas in in fintech right now that are drawing a lot of attention that certainly could very well be on the radar of the Biden administration uh, in the in the months and years ahead. Yes, um, that is for sure. Um, uh, one thing I'm particularly keeping an eye on is um, the development. Walmart uh, hired a couple of bankers from Goldman Sachs, which is, you know, not a career move. You see a ton of Goldman Sachs bankers make. Um, and these bankers ran Goldman Sachs's pretty successful 
online consumer banking arm. So, you know, one question is, what's the industry, what does Walmart want to do? Do they want to, you know, create some sort of Walmart-owned consumer bank? Um, uh, and if they do want to do that, will they be allowed to do it? Um, Ten years ago, or I guess now it's like 12 years ago, uh, uh, Walmart tried to get an industrial loan corporation charter so that they could offer banking services to Walmart customers when they came into the store. Um, and that was denied them, the FDIC Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation said they couldn't get deposit insurance for their uh, subsidiary, and so therefore their subsidiary couldn't open. Um, and now that the Walmart's hiring uh, these, um, uh, you know, can, uh, online bankers from uh, an online banking firm that Goldman Sachs opened, um, you know, people wonder if they're going to try to get back into the space. Um, and if right. they get into the space, now, what about Apple uh, and Google? They have big wallets. Um, Amazon uh, has a ton of information about um, uh, uh vendors on its site. It could make uh, loans to those vendors. It's, it started to do some of that. And, and what would happen if these really big businesses kind of got into financial services? Is there would really be a, a separation or, or an erasure of the separation between commerce and banking, which has been around a long time. We don't let banks, for the most part, open um, commercial businesses, and we don't let commercial businesses open banks. Um, and uh, there's a variety of different reasons why we do that. Some of it is, is historical accidents. Some of it's distrust of banks. Um, but if, if, if firms like Walmart and then following them, the, the big online uh, firms, start doing stuff like the business of banking, that'd be a real change in the way that um, people get their banking services in the United States. Because you know, part of this is that these companies, you know, using Walmart as the example, they are look, constantly looking for new revenue streams, and they would see this specifically as a revenue stream and, and, and maybe not be as focused as much, although you know, it, 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 they could certainly change their mindset. Uh, but they wouldn't be as focused uh, on, you know, on the rules and regulations as maybe banks would be. Yeah, that is definitely a concern. Um, uh, it's not easy. Sometimes it's a little too hard to do banking in this country. But um, one of the things that banks are very good at, um, because the government makes them be very good at it, is um, anti-money laundering. They uh, know their customers. That's the so-called KYC um, uh, component. Um, they're used to um, picking up uh, fraud uh, and ferreting it out, um, and they help the government fight terrorism and prevent money from going to, um, you know, countries that we don't like, like the Sudan and uh, Iran and Iraq and North Korea, or not Iraq, North Korea and Cuba. Um, and that's complicated. Um, and uh, one risk of these fintech firms and uh, incumbents like Walmart uh, that they face if they get into the business of banking is that uh, they'll uh, miss some people who are using their their institution to launder money or something like that. Um, right. And uh, they may not be as attuned as financial institutions are to helping the government uncover that kind of stuff. Tax evasion is another big issue. Um, so that's a worry for the, um, the, the you know, new entrance into financial technology. And, and that doesn't just apply to you know, Walmart. It, uh, that applies to LendingTree and uh, PayPal and um, all, all these online servicers have to think about their money laundering capacity. Um, and if they don't, they can get you know, really big fines and really embarrassing stories about, you know, being taken advantage of by narco traffickers, that kind of thing. How would the people within the Biden administration that will be kind of overseeing a lot of these areas, what is their approach to kind of opening these doors for fintech? 
Yeah, it's a good question. And I think we don't exactly know. Um, but one thing that we'll be looking for is um, uh, an invitation for uh, new applications for this fintech charter. Another thing we've seen is that certain kinds of financial technology firms, the Biden administration granted a crypto custodian, uh, somebody who will hold your cryptocurrency for you. They yeah. said, well, we're not going to give you a fintech charter, but we will give you a trust charter, which is a, a trust bank, is a bank that basically holds assets for other people. And so I guess the Biden administration concluded, you know, a cryptocurrency custodian is like, a, you know, somebody who hangs on to your securities for you if you sure. uh, need a, a financial institution to do that. And so they, they're they entitled to a, a special kind of charter, too. Um, and we'll also be interested to see if um, – uh, the Biden administration continues to let um, some fintechs uh, get themselves further into banking services by buying a bank. Um, so LendingTree did this with uh, Radius Bank, and I don't think the transactions totally passed every regulatory hurdle. But if the Biden administration wants to encourage fintech competitors to incumbent banks, I think what we'll see is that those kinds of um, licenses will be easier for those financial technology firms to get, um, and 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 that's one place I'd look for uh, uh, look for uh, you know how the Biden administration is going to encourage this kind of thing or not. It sounds like you you could be getting to a point where you're almost having too many chefs in the kitchen at this point. Yeah, yeah, um, it's complicated to uh, get into finance, and you know these fintech companies, you know they're paying attention to the Commodities Future Trading Commission, which has uh, asserted a lot of authority in this space. Um, especially over cryptocurrencies, the Securities and Exchange Commission has a you know a fintech hub. Um, the banking regulators are paying a lot of attention to this. Uh, now banks themselves are thinking of starting, you know, central bank digital currencies, competitors to other kinds of cryptocurrencies. China has started experimenting with that. The United States is being very skeptical, but the Fed is definitely taking a look at the issue. Uh, it's a lot of different regulators getting involved in a lot of different kinds of financial technology. There's consumer protection concerns, of course, if you're making loans, small dollar loans to people, and that's something that fintechs do. Um, and it just creates a complicated regulatory environment for for te- financial technology firms to deal with. What's your expectation then? Uh, I think that the Biden administration is going to be cautiously welcoming of uh, financial technology firms. I think it's it's something of a tell that they haven't changed their policy in in, in fighting this um, appeal that's going to be argued on on Tuesday about you know whether uh, financial technology firms should be able to obtain a special charter that gets them out of a lot of state requirements. I think that um, I think the um, government. You know, even though it's disorganized and set in all these different agencies, I think they worry that um, financial technology firms that are really um, big and um, uh, influential in countries like China, that the United States needs to be able to keep up uh, and so therefore ought to foster uh, financial technology industry. And um, and one thing we've seen is um, regulators go to San Francisco and other places where financial technology firms are getting started and hold office hours to try to walk regulators through that process. I think that's going to continue. So um, I think we'll see the new, the new um, uh, sorry if I'm going on too long, the new chair of the of CFTC is being particularly interested in financial technology, the SEC, uh, financial technology, uh, when he was uh, back in uh, as a professor of practice at MIT, uh, cryptocurrency and, and fintechs really interested him. So I think we're going to see 
some degree of welcome, um, cautious welcome, but some degree of welcome for fintech firms in the Biden administration, uh, even though, uh, you know, we just don't know for sure how that's going to shake out. David, as always, great to talk with you. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks so much, Dan. Thanks. David Zaring, uh, professor of legal studies and uh, business ethics at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.